Well, hello. And welcome back to another scary, scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth. And we got some, some uh, scary, scary stuff for you today. <laughs> well, hope everybody's having a great week at work so far. And I do hope your new year is going good. This is like day three of the new year. Hard to believe it's already 23, 2023. It's crazy. When I was growing up in the 80s, I never thought about 2023. Never even thought about 2020. Never thought about nothing in the 20s. But anyways, I hope everybody's doing great. I'm going to say thanks, man. The numbers are still growing little by little. So keep liking and keep telling your friends about it. And I hope I'm doing some good stories for you. But yeah, sorry if the New Year's one sucked. I'm going to start doing some better stories. I just was trying to do something for New Year's, but there really ain't shit. So I'll just keep it to my ghost story stuff. <laughs> but like I said, I'll just stick to that. I want to thank you guys, like I said, for everybody who listens and stuff. And thanks for the support. And I, like I said, I'm being heard all around the world and it's freaking cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But. I'm glad you're liking the YouTube videos. I'm going to try to start doing more videos of the podcast too. So, yeah. All right. Well, I guess if it's that time, guys, I've got all the uh, thank yous and stuff out. And wherever you're listening, whatever country, thank you very, very, very much. <clears throat> like I said, don't be uh, shy. Find me on Facebook. And then you can uh, DM me and tell me about a ghost story or something you want me to talk about on the show. So, Or if there's some ghost in your neighborhood, some kind of legend or urban legend or something, tell me about it. But without further ado, guys, go ahead and get you a nice blanket. Snuggle up with some nice warm coffee or some cocoa by the fire. And... Let's start the scary stories. What do you say? Okay, our first story is the Milam County Jail. And this one's, uh, of course, these are all in Texas, so. All right, what do we got here? 126-year-old... Milam County Mansion was set. Well, mansion was our. Excuse me. Let me start this over again. A hundred and twenty-six-year-old Milam County Mansion has several ghost stories to tell. The clock in the downstairs hall strikes two, as two men keep an all-night vigil over a dead family member. Member. A violent storm raked outside and broke the stillness of the night with the loud interruption of thunder. Suddenly, upstairs in the darkness, a brass music box began to play. Vibrated into action by the thunder, the family uh, reasoned the the tale of ghostly music is one of several such stories to surface in the history of the 126-year-old W.C.J. Wilson home in the uh, Salem County house in Paul Nubarus Cousins, who owned the land. The, the Southern Connolly Ma- uh, Mansion could be haunted could be haunted, says neighbors, who admits he believes in ghosts. On several occasions, uh, while in in, while he has been working alone, repairing the old house, he was uh, he has fer- heard footsteps as if someone was to be on the first floor walking around. He says, "I have never seen one. Do you know the ghost?" But I ha- I have heard them, and when I start hearing them, I leave. Uh, I leave. Nober said, "I would not stay in the old house by myself at night for a 
$500 bill. This guy's pretty scared of the place. I just hear things. People walking upstairs, footsteps coming down the stairs. When the footsteps hit that top step, that's when I leave. Though vacant for vacant for nearly 20 years, the mansion has a, is now home for a Tennessee couple. Well, what the hell? Oh, a couple from Tennessee, I take it. Modern day uh, pioneers who asked not to be identified. Since the house, since the uh, couple moved into the uh, house about six weeks ago with their dog, Bonnie, they, they too have encountered strange uh, occurrences. Recently, at the stroke of midnight, the couple heard the dog run downstairs as only to look up and see the dog sitting in the uh, bedroom. Well, he's a crafty little dude. I heard every step she took down the steps, the woman said, but I raised up and, and looked, and Bonnie was just sitting there. But something heavy went down those steps. The mysterious occurrences have not frightened the couple away. They would only, they would rather live in the old house, haunted or not, than in modern brick box than in a modern brick box, the woman said. That's pretty ballsy. She'd much rather live there in that old house than in the city, basically. That's pretty cool. The plantation house was built by William Sewell Goodhoe Wilson made of uh, cypress hauled by wagon from houston the mansion was finished in 1856 and it was constructed then in 1859 wilson brought his young bride lizzie ledbetter wilson from tennessee to make their home in milliam county <clears throat> the two-story home includes a uh, weaving room where clothes was uh, made for bedrooms on the second floor and two large parlors downstairs. There are also two smaller rooms on the first floor. Double doors on both floors provide a means to cool the uh, home. Fireplaces in the house can accommodate four-foot logs. Hmm. Large windows in every room of the house still are framed with frigid green shutters. Closets in the upstairs bedrooms are added were added years after the house was complete. Neighbors uh Narber said bricks for the chimney in the front walk were homemade in the plantation brickyard near the little river neighbors said spurs and horseshoes were made in the blacksmith shop near the plantation's log barn of course those days of course in those days people had to be self-reliant and you had to make your own stuff miss house said i do indeed miss house the the brick walk leading up leading to the front porch of the wilson home was led by miss mrs house's father john w house a trusted friend of the Wilsons, of the Wilsons uh, house who worked at the plantation for many years. There was a huge place, Miss House said. I did not know how many uh, acres they owned, but there were uh, they were all fixed. Neighbors currently work to renovate the uh, mansion, now modernizing with electricity and plumbing. I have never restored it to a hundred percent, but I just wanted to keep it up for uh, keep it from falling down. If I can, neighbors said, a lot of times I came I came out by myself to work. Sometimes I had a couple of friends to help me. Charles uh, Charles Bradley of the temple in L.D. Hill of Cameron, Cameron, I'm sorry, of Cameron, 
They like that. Sh- uh, they like that sort of thing. Inside the house, neighbors pointed out a rocking chair on upholstered in the uh, upholstered in cowhide, which it's is believed to have been made in the 1820s and brought to Texas by a covered wagon. Most of the antique furnishings have been donated to the West Texas Museum at Texas Texas Tech University in Lubbock. Many antique furnishings and items, however, have been stolen from this Wilson home. Over the uh, past few years, neighbors said, Iron cookware and old finished crock uh, telephones were among the items taken, he said. Once while exploring the old building in the estate, neighbors found an original Ely. Don't know what that is. An Ely Whitney Whitney cotton gin believed to be one of three such as machines still intact in the United States. The gain has been donated to the West Texas Museum. Over gins are exhibited at the oh they are exhibited at the Smithsonian Institute at Henry Ford Museum's neighbors said. The double doors that open into the main hall of the house are original. One door bears a sign of repair made shortly after the house was completed. During a storm, a lightning bolt surfaced a or struck a tree limb that struck the uh, door, breaking several uh, boards, Mrs. House said. While restoring the mansion, neighbors discovered a board covered with dates and... Man, this one's pretty long. With dates and information about the construction of the house which was supervised by Everett E. Handwritten, a letter dated from 1856. Ordering glass for the windows was discovering in an, in an old trunk. The glass order came by, by ox cart, neighbors said. I guess they figured the glass would be broken by the time they got it here. Exploring the dusty contents of the old trucks, neighbors found a Bible that had belonged to Judge R.B. Baylor, a lawyer and district judge and active politician who founded the Baylor University. The Bible was left by Baylor, who perhaps was an overnight guest of the Williams uh, neighbors said. Also found in the estate was the diary of a physician who kept a written account of his travels to Texas frontier during the 1830s. The Wilson Plantation was established on land donated by the Spanish government to W.W. W. Lewis, Mrs. House said. They, you know, the Wilsons, also had a big farm up in the Wilson Cyclone area, she said too. Wilson died in 1896. Mrs. Wilson, prior to her death in 1921, divided the land. Some of the land that included the family home was willed to was willed to a house. Another portion of the uh, vast tech, a vast estate was left to the city of Cameron, who served as Wilson's. Led Ledbetter Parks. The Wilsons had no children, so the remaining land was given to their two relatives. She, Mrs. Wilson, worried about what to do with the place. She loved it so much, she left some of it to us, Mrs. Miss House said. Situated on Cemetery Hill about... Uh, about 200 yards from the Little River is the Wilson Family Cemetery. The last family member was buried in the cemetery in 1901, neighbors said. The first family went to be buried at the uh, remote graveyard. Excuse me, that was rude. 
was William B. Wilson, who was born December the twenty fourth, December twenty fourth of seventeen eighty two, and died a, died in April April sixth of eighteen forty six. <clears throat> this is getting old. Neighbors said as he pointed out the huge ornate marker. This cemetery is the oldest I know in central Texas. Many of the graves are sorted by decorative iron fences, shredded in thorn-covered vines, and shaped by tall elm and post-oak trees. Although several small rounded tombstones are visible in the weed-choked cemetery, most markers are impressively, impressively designed, Harbor said. One marker more than eight foot tall is decorated with a strange carving. I haven't figured out this decoration, neighbor said. It looks like they uh, draped a blanket over a post and put some flowers on the side. I have never seen anything like it. No flowers or no shrubs bloom in the spring at the cemetery. The rocky uh, terrain is too dry. For flowers to grow, neighbors said. Many children are buried in the cemetery. Their tiny graves are all in the row and face east. The small grave of Maggie E. E. Machine, who died at the age of two, is marked with a small white stone decorated with a carving of a lamb. The Empeth readings are... Or reads, this is what her tombstone says. Our daughter has gone ahead to meet us on the uh, blessed shore. The grave was surrounded with a small log fence, which is now uh, decayed. Well, that sucks. Well, I'm sorry. I got that one wrong. I thought I was looking up stuff about a, man, about a haunted uh, prison. But hey, man. It's all good because I still got some stuff to talk about for the prison. But that was a cool house. That was a house here in Texas. <clears throat> and this is about the uh, Malam County Jailhouse. It's hard to talk about the Malam County Courthouse without some mention of the 1895 uh, re Revival Revival Jailhouse, used now as the Malim County Historical Museum. The red brick building, catty-cornered to the courthouse, looks more like a castle than a jailhouse. The ghost of a man hung there supposedly still walks among the uh, long empty cells. Patrons have felt his presence as they descended down the narrow metal steps from the gallows to the top of the building. Because of your excellent Malam County Jail ghost story, I went, this is another guy saying he went there, I went to the uh, county jail, and you're right, there is most definitely a ghost there. We were... We were the only visitors there that day. Yet the entire time we were there, we kept hearing footsteps, sometimes pa sometimes pacing, sometimes racing, up and down the spiral staircase and around and around the cell blocks. My friend and I fully expected to come to face-to-face -face encounter with another visitor. What with all the racket going on out there, but like I said, if he turned out we were the only one, the only visitors there that day, that's pretty creepy. So yeah, go uh, check out that place, see if you uh, see any ghost. All right, gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. everybody doing today? This is good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most 
popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a stein, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is its son, bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, baby. We gonna get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Booseville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher. Pandora, iHeart, uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dicky, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, baby. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dined with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit, <coughs> come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. All right. Well, I'm back. Our next story is the McCulloch County Jail. And this is in, oh, yeah, Brady, Texas. And it looks like it was built in 1878. All right. Well, let's get on with it. Shortly after taking office in December of 1989, McCulloch County Judge Randy Young was working late in the courthouse where he became distracted by noises coming from above. I was bothered by constant banging and sounds of many people running across the room. He recalled Young assumed the He assumed it was the cleaners that was coming from the third floor extension office extension office where 4H students conducted regular meetings. The clutter continued until about 11 p.m. Young decided to pay a visit to the 4H leaders and advise them to send the uh, children home to uh, to bed. I left my office and climbed the stairs to the third floor to find the lights out and the offices closed, Young said. Now, meeting, no meeting had been, no meeting had been held. The judge's encounter with the unexplained is just one event of strange, of the abnormal occurrences that have, that has left some occupation occupants of the uh, McCulloch County uh, Courthouse to wonder just what or rather who is lurking nearby. Rumors of the courthouse ghosts have flooded or floated around for years. However, a snapshot taken by tourists in August of 2004 of the children by the Heart of Texas the Heart of Texas Monument on the Courthouse Lawn. Trig, trig New Internet. 
triggered oh triggered new internet and the phenomenons the picture captured in the cap the picture captured an image in the window of the south side of the building in the in that looked like the man peering out a man peering outside an individual from the commu- uh, community called the uh, Ghost Seekers of Texas. A team of researchers and investigators of County Clark. Tina Smith. Make sure I got this right. Tina Smith referred the group to the commissioner's court, which granted the Ghost Seekers permission to monitor the courthouse. The ghost seekers have made four visits to to the McClocky McClock 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 County Courthouse and plan to return to the new oh and plan to return in the near future. They firmly believe that there is activity <laughs> and several spirits in the courtroom. Smith said, like the county judge, Smith had a close encounter of the spooky kind soon after taking the oath of office. She was in the uh, vault of the county clerk's office where public records are housed. Speaking with two attorneys who did not agree with a record on file, they were they were being mean, she recalled, and at the time it really shook me up. The trio the trio was standing by two long tables in the vault with one man in front of one man in front of another man on the on the right. All of these sudden, one of the books from a shelf high over or flew high over their heads, flew out and slammed into the table. We all just kind of looked at each other. Smith remembered one of the men said that that nearly hit me. Oh, that nearly hit me on the that nearly hit me on the head, and all three were silent. And Smith walked out of the room. Man, that's pretty crazy. Could you imagine sitting there being a full-blown conversation and a fucking book comes just seeming by your head? It's crazy. I'd have pooped my pants. Where was I at? Okay. They were never ugly to her again, she said. Many courthouse employees have heard unexplained noises, especially those who work near the vault where the public records are many courthouse employ oh, <laughs> are records are held on rollers when the rollers are pulled out the wheels make a squeaking noise every now and then employees will hear the familiar squeaking and proceeded to the vault to see that uh, nothing uh, has happened sometimes they go to look and there's no one there, like I said, said, Smith said. Another odd occurrence including includes the pro, uh, pronounced aroma of gard, gardenia just floating through the air or a very strong cigar smell. Smith said... Even though there is no smoking allowed in the courthouse, you can still smell like cigarette, not cigarette smoke, but cigars. One day, the elevator, uh, one day, the elevator service technician came to came to have Young sign his inspection report and asked the judge if he had any if he's had any problems. Young said he never rode the uh, elevator and was therefore unaware of the uh, of any problems. I also mentioned 
mentioned that it gave me the creeps when the elevator periodically cycled to each floor uh, floor late at night, causing me to go to the hall to check to see who was in the uh, courthouse, which was automatically secured, it looks, Young said. When I found no one... No one exiting the elevator. I concluded that the elevator must automatically run to circulate the oil. He continued the inspection, chuckled, and said, There's no automatic uh, ceiling on on that elevator. It only runs if someone pushes a uh, floor button. The gold seekers have not yet to offer a firm explanation for those in uh, unusual events. And Ed Hernandez, a reporter for the Brady Standard, the Brady Standard Herald, who was accompanied by a six-person research team on one of their stakeouts in the courthouse. And they said they found some more stuff, and they just kept getting good voices on the EVPs and all that, they said. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that little bit story. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to skip this one, I think. Yeah. Now I think we're going to do. Ticka, ticka, ticka. Where is this one? Gonzala County. Oh, here's more of the. Uh, here's a. Okay. So I still got some to go. Well, all right. That sounds like a good deal. So let's get with the new one. Okay, now we're going to go over the Gonzala County Courthouse, or the the old, the old uh, Gonzales Jail is what we're going to do. Now it's a museum. Excuse me. Ooh. But here we go. The Haunted Gonzales County in Jail Museum. For over 70 years, prisoners have hung on the gallows at the old Gonzales, at the old Gonzales, Texas jail, many visitors have heard have ugh, many visitors have witnessed strange and airy things of the years or through the years. The prison is considered to be one of the most haunted places in Texas. A visit to the Gonzales County Jail Museum gave me insight to the life its former inmates and death its former inmates and the death of those who had a date with the uh, gallows in other words they got executed they got hung all of the ceilings are made of cauterized uh, steel and concrete on the lower floor are display cases for the articles taken from the prisoners. Information on the sheriff's deputies and other law enforcement officials who served through the years are there too. At the end of the hall is the dungeon where only where the only light light and air came from holes above the door. There is a jailer's a jailer's bedroom and the woman in a woman in these and a woman in one of the cells. The second and third floors featured a large room known as the runaround, which is two stories high and was not used for hardened criminals. The death 
the death cells are at the front of this room and feature doors of two-inch iron strips forged and fused through the use of heat. Bore a borax and hammer since the uh, gel was built before welding was invented. In each wing of the room are two-story metal seal, or cells built as rooms within a room and featuring more of the more of the uh, rifted doors. The last gallows were last the last time the gallows were used were in 1921 and were torn torn down in the 1950s. They stood they stood around next to the third floor walkway. The present gallows are an exact repu, uh, repu an exact repu, rep oh god I can't say rep oh god an exact anyways it is an an exact duplicate that's what I was trying to say an exact duplicate of the original gallows large doors at the cell blocks feature small swing swing out doors with bars from each with the jailer could observe the prisoners and inside the room the room are lever the room are levers that open and close latches on the cell doors the jail was built in 1885 and closed in 1975 damn they got their money out of that almost a hundred years old where was I at? Okay. It features rebuilt gallo, gallo, ugh, gallows, original cells, sheriffs, and jailers' quarters. Visit the Gonzales County Jail and Museum and get a glimpse into working at the uh, jail and living at the jail. Must have felt like. Maybe you'll see some ghosts there. Hoo-hoo-hoo. That might be pretty, be pretty fun. It was a jail, and now it's a museum. Well, well, well. Time for the next one. Now, this next one's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fort. Okay, our next story is Fort Martin Scott in Fredericksburg, Texas. Fort Martin Scott, initially called Camp Houston, was one of one of the first federal forts on the frontier of Texas. Established in December of 1848 by Captain Seth Eastman and two infantry companies, the post was located two miles southeast of Fredericksburg on the uh, Barrens Creek. Its object was to protect travelers and settlers along the Fredericksburg-San Antonio Road from Indian attacks. The post was renamed in December of 1849 for Major Martin Scott, who was killed at the Battle of Malina del Rey in 1847. The German settlers who had established nearby Fredericksburg had privately established and lasting uh, treaty with the local Comanche Indians. In 1847, however, the treaty did not apply to the settlers living outside the community. Indians who actively traded with the German settlers were often involved in skirmishes as they traveled to and from Fredericksburg. <clears throat> as more and more white uh, families immigrated to the uh, to the traveled rough region, it's nearly led to open warfare in 1850. To avoid this, several tribes along the Indian 
the Indian agent, agent John Rollins, escorted by his second dragons from the Fort Martin, uh, from Fort Martin Scott, met there in San, uh, met there near the San Saba River. The meeting resulted in Fort Martin Scott. Uh, ended up okay. The meeting resulted in the Fort Martin Scott Treaty, which improved the situation enough to prevent upon hostels in the next for the next several years. It became less and less necessary to protect the civilians in, from Indian attacks, and the fort was closed December of 1853. During the Civil War, the post remained unoccupied. But afterwards, in September of 1866, it was filled again with federal troops under the orders from General Philip uh, Sheridan. The occupation was brief, however, however, and was abandoned by the end of the year. In 1986, the Fredericksburg Historical Foundation began to develop the site into a park. It reconstructed several buildings, including the post commander's quarters, six buildings of officers' housings, a salter store and warehouse, laundry and a bakery, and a hospital. Three uh, barracks and a quartermaster's War, uh, warhouse, warhouse, and a stable with a barn and a blacksmith shop. The guardhouse, made of cut limestone, is the only surviving building from the original fort. The site was located two miles east of Fredericksburg on US 290. What's this one about? And what do we got on this one? Okay, so. All right, guys. I'm going to take my last little breaky and get ready for the last story. You ever look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and wonder, are we the only ones really out here? Ever wondered how much our government hides from us? Have you ever wondered why so many mysteries go unsolved? What really happens? What's the clues? What's the evidence? Ever wonder if Bigfoot or Mothman is real? Then, if so, come listen to this podcast called What's Really, really, out, really there? out There. And I am your host, Stephanie Booth. And, and I am my your co host, Stephen Booth, Hafaja. And if you're into UFOs, unsolved urban murders, le- unsolved mysteries, murders, mysteries uh, unexplained stuff that happened, urban legends, we're into all of that. Conspiracy stuff, too. We go dive into that. So if you're looking for a new podcast that tells that kind of stuff, then you uh, need to listen to what's, what's really, really out, out there. there. And we are on Spotify and iHeart and Pandora, I think. But we are pretty much on every platform. Mm-hmm. We have a YouTube channel, too, or channel. So go check that out. It's called What's Really Out There. So come check us out. Once again, I'm your co host, Stephen Booth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth. And this is What's, What's Really, really out, out There. We'll see you at the next episode, guys. All right. Our next story is the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville. Yeah, Huntsville's got the big prison. Okay. Among Texas prisons, the tech the state penitentiary in Huntsville is the most haunted. Although the building has not been in use since the early 1950s, the area known as Death Row remains 
remains active. Those who dare to visit will likely experience these sounds of chains clanging against the cell doors. Some locals report hearing the sound of men crying, terrified of their terrified to their end at terrified for the end at the gallo at the ga- gallows. It's been it's been said that those who dare confront those spirits will experience nightmares for weeks to come. Dreams of having ropes and nights spent in the insane and in, in the insane <laughs> the isolation chambers are all freely fairly common. Be sure to bring an MVP recorder with you and no telling what you might get. All right. Well, this one is a lot, tells a lot more about it. The prison's first inmates. I'm sorry. This place was built. Oh, yeah. 1850, not 1950. Jackass. Okay. The prison's first inmates arrived on October the 2nd of 1849. The unit was named after the county of Huntsville. Robert Perkinson, the author of Texas Tough, The Rise of American Prison, The Rise of American's Prison Empire, who wrote the unit was within Texas, the first public work for any importance. Originally, originally Huntsville unit was only for the white Texans. Uh, back then, they didn't know any better. They were fucking stupid. Okay. The only uh, penalties available to black Texans were whipping and hanging. God damn. That's fucked up. You don't give them jail time just straight to the gallows or beat the shit out of them. Anyways, during the American Civil War, prisoners at Huntsville produced tents and uniforms for Confederate forces at the prison's textile factory. After the Civil War ended, Huntsville unit was the only prison in the uh, former Confederate States of America to remain. Peckerson stated that the prison became within the uh, state the first racially integrated public institute. So basically that what that means, they put the white people and the black people together. So there wasn't no uh, divide. Originally women in the originally women in the Texas prison system were housed up in the Huntsville unit. Beginning in 1883, women were housed in the Johnson Farm, a privately owned cotton plantation near Huntsville. During this time, there was some concern that immoral practices may be restored to in regards to the female prisoners. Basically, I guess they weren't getting treated very good. Historically, the prison served as the administration headquarters of the Texas prison system and the Texas Department of Corrections. The superintendent and the other executive officers worked in the prison and all all of the central officers of the system departments and all of the permanent records were located in the prison. In 1993, John Lomax and Alan Lomax recorded the earliest known recording, This Little Light of Mine, when they recorded Jim Bowd of Jacksonville, Texas, singing singing at a prison. Well, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. In 1974, the prison was the site of an 11-day siege on the one of the... Uh, one of the longest hostage-taking sieges in the United States history. Three armed inmates held several hostages in the uh, education department. The ringleaders had been had been a porter 
in the chapel and usually worked in the uh, inmates' dining hall. Ten hostages were ten hostages were employees of the prison system. Two were educators, and one was a guard. Later on, the prisoner, the prison chaplain, would also become a hostage. Four prisoners were held as hostages. On the final day, the inmates tried to escape using chalkboards and hostages as shields. One of the guys was killed in the attempt, and the other one was killed besides uh, one of the hostages that got shot. Well, that's pretty sad. And then one of the guys that survived that uh, ordeal, he got executed on May 23rd of 1991. He was executed for that chick's murder because he used her as a shield. Well, with that much drama, some with that much energy and negative energy, no wonder that place is haunted. I mean, really, that's pretty creepy if you ask me. Oh, well, guys, I hope you all enjoyed them stories today. I'm going to start covering more stuff like that, you know, like prisons, old courthouses and stuff. So, yeah kind of mix it up change it up a little bit for you just want to say thank you again guys for listening to my faithful guy people who come listen every week but like i said <clears throat> you'll have a story you want me to talk about hit me up on my dms on facebook you can get a hold of me on my uh, email it's all lowercase ghost stories told from the south at gmail.com i'll get back with you just want to say thank you guys once again for listening. I'm glad y'all love the show, and I'm going to get some more great stuff to talk about. But if you have been listening to this, this has been Ghost Stories Told from the South. And I have been your host, Stephen Labooth. I hope you have a great and creepy, creepy evening. Excuse me. We'll see you guys later, man. Have a good one.